Everybody and welcome to the sports 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 podcast. I'm Joel Anderson. I'm Jordan Palmaville. And joining us as always is the sports outsider, Phil Ranta. I'm back, baby. Yes, indeed. Yeah, it, uh, it was uh, my first week off from this podcast where we haven't all taken the week off from the podcast. Right. Well, I'm glad. I'm glad you could finally use some of that vacation time you've earned up over the years. Yeah, it's about time. Yeah. Yeah. Went to a socially distanced hotel in San Diego. Woof. Wonderful. That Isn't that like an Airbnb? Kind a of. It was one of those places hotel? where you, it's it was an outside door, and you don't have to talk to anyone or touch to anyone in order to get to your door. And then there was a big porch on it that overlooked the ocean, and then that was it. And we just stared off. Uh, so like oh. a bungalow. It's like a bungalow, yeah. Yeah. Ooh. It was nice. It was nice. Reconnect that with the wife. Nice. Oh, so okay. So it was a you and Lindsay trip then. It was the baby stayed uh, stayed here with the nanny. So just you guys catch any games? No. <laughs> Boy, I believe there Jordan, was some beach say, volleyball. We have we have asked that question a lot, and this seems like the least appropriate time to ask it. Well, you know, well, while Phil was on a romantic weekend with his wife. Did he catch any games? Though he we got never the NBA, them we got times. the NHL, we got MLB. It's a sports comedy podcast. Hey, That's it's true. a sports a comedy a podcast. I caught games. I watched the Tigers lose by three <laughs> runs yesterday. Really? But yeah, they had they... so much time to rest. Yeah, but they, they fought real hard to limit it to three runs. They, you know... Kept a lot of runners on base for Cleveland. They they almost came back in the ninth. It was a very exciting loss. Well, at least they fought hard. Yeah, right. no, that's definitely true. Uh, it's a bit of a slow uh, sports news week, I think, overall in terms of us getting guests. So we, we basically, we have a homeless person on today. Huh, okay. Yeah, uh, yeah. Sports yeah. related? Like, uh, is this a rags to riches story? <laughs> Found out he had a great pitching arm, made it on the Yankees. Yeah, if it's not, not sports no, related, not I think we really got to reconsider Jean's most recent contract. Right. No, no, he was he was found living in in the suite of a Tampa Bay uh, stadium, the stadium oh. that houses a uh, Tampa Bay soccer team. He had been living in a luxury suite there for two weeks when police caught him. Wow, well, I guess luxury that's, suite, that's, nice. That's significantly better than him being found dead. So it's but it's a little and, it's a yeah. little rags to riches, I think, in a sense. Yeah, yeah, not not the sort of permanent riches that that usually describes. But no, but I think it'd be fun <laughs> to hear how he lived the high life for a couple weeks there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and just uh, yeah, just just in general, why did he select us? Well, I think I know why he selected a soccer stadium, but you know he's got a lot of options in Tampa. They've got. You know, hockey teams. There's a there's a football team. Beautiful beaches. Team. Yeah, and it's all. I never realized this until I saw a map. But it's like Tampa and St. Petersburg and like two other significant Florida cities are basically one extended like metro area. That's uh, just fun. if you're a homeless person, that means the world is your oyster, right? Really. Yes, indeed. What great opportunity that must be, Joel, to be in a sprawling metropolis. If the St. Petersburg cops get a line on you, 
You just catch a bus and you're in Tampa. Bada bing, bada boom. Phil, we got a wide world of weird sports. You're goddamn right we do. And a news, news, news. But first, Stanley Cup playoffs bubble watch update. Stanley Cup playoffs bubble watch update. Brought to you by Coors Light. It's like water with bubbles. <laughs> Tampa Bay Lightning win first game of Stanley Cup playoffs in the fifth overtime. Whoa! Dang, fifth Sub-head- overtime. Subheadline, Zamboni, Zamboni Drivers Union Rep caught padding time cards with seven OTs. Oh, oh that no. son of a bitch. Gotta make yeah, you're gonna is, get caught. Gotta make the dollars. You're gonna Five get caught. Five is the, is the record, isn't it? Uh, yeah, well, we, actually, we'll get to that, Joel. All right. <laughs> <laughs> For most Americans, hockey has always taken place in a bubble. A sort of snow globe sport that somehow had... <laughs> meandered its way into downtown basketball arenas in far too many sunbelt cities. Oh, yeah. But heads up, USA, the qualifying rounds are over, and the playoffs have begun with bubbles in Edmonton and Toronto. Uh, the first game between Tampa Bay Lightning and the Columbus Blue Jackets lasted nearly six hours, Oof. had five overtimes, and featured 151 shots on goal. Uh, but finally... 51 shots on goal. 151 shots on goal. And, and mercifully, Tampa Bay's Braden Point scored a goal at the 150-minute mark to give the Lightning a 3-2 victory. Wow. <laughs> oh, so the game ended in what would be the eighth period, Joel? Yes. Making, that... it, making it naturally the fourth longest game in NHL history. Wow. I, I, I knew there was one other. I, I thought the longest almost made it into a sixth overtime. The longest did. It was 1936. Oh. Uh, Detroit Red Rings, uh, Montreal Maroons. It was in the sixth OT. And it was scoreless into the sixth OT. So that's... So, Phil, imagine this. You sit down to watch a hockey game. Have Got you ever it. done that before? Okay. Uh, the hockey game, you reach the end of the allotted time for the hockey game, and it's tied. So they say, we're going to keep playing. Yeah, and then I know, they play. I yeah. They play in another entire hockey game yeah that's and a it's, lot it's still not over so they start their third hockey game and in this case it ended in the second period of that third hockey game oh actually actually joel sitting. joel i'm sorry i hate i hate to cut you off i actually had that wrong that's not the longest one the that's 1936 the one. no no the longest game in the history of the nhl is the stanley cup clinching game being played in the heads of Maple Leaf fans for 50 years. Ah, yeah. There we go. You're right. You're right. I'm so sorry. That's my mistake. No. On the winning goal, Braden Point said, I see a rolling puck coming to me. I just throw it on net. I'm not even thinking. There's no way to prepare for a game that goes that long. (laughs) The The game was so long that the Boston Bruins and Carolina Hurricanes experienced something that hasn't affected them since travel hockey. In in inability to get ice time. <laughs> huh. They were supposed to start at 8 p.m. Oh, no. They Around... had another game scheduled for after? Yeah, it's life in a bubble. You oh, know? my gosh. Around 8.30, though, the NHL just told the boys to go home for the night. I know. Oh, that sucks. That, because here... that is, and by the way, like, how do you not, I mean, like, I don't think they've they've ever scheduled a second Stanley Cup playoff game on the same ice for later 
You would think they'd know that, like, Murphy's Law, of course it's going to go to five overtimes. It's life in a bubble, Joel. Yeah. Uh, the ga- uh, so uh, the Tampa Bay game, I think, it started at uh, 3.30. The Bruins and Hurricanes were set to play at 8. 8.30, they sent them home. The game finally ended at, like, 9.30, okay? Mm-hmm. And it takes... <laughs> It takes arena workers roughly 90... This is why they sent them home. It takes arena workers roughly 90 minutes to disinfect bleaches and clean the ice between games. Once you factor in warm-ups, Boston and Carolina would have hypothetically taken to the ice around 11 p.m. Screw that. And that wouldn't have worked anyway because Hendricks' auto body was set to take on Shamrock Tavern at 1130. <laughs> uh, that makes sense. Yeah. You have to book ice time in advance. It's, right. Got to remember, this is taking place in Canada. So, uh, the game was rescheduled for eleven the next day, bumping an intermediate youth figure skating class. Oh, um, but they need to learn how to figure skate to get out of their situation. The game uh, featured some records because it was super long. Blue Jackets goaltender Jonas Corposalo set a new NHL playoff record with eighty-five saves. Jeez, he broke he broke Kelly. Hurdy's record of 73 saves. Hurdy is now a broadcaster, and in an interview between overtime periods, he said, quote, I'm really hoping he breaks the 100 save mark. (laughs) (laughs) He went on to say he hoped the game went on so long that the Tampa Bay goalie also broke his record, saying, I've been waiting for this 20-something years. (laughs) Wow. Interesting. Yeah. You know, I gotta be honest with you. Like, I love, I love NHL overtime if for no other reason than it's that moment when you really get to see who the hockey fans are. Because, like, even the broadcasters start to be like, "God, when is this gonna be over?" But like that insane ten percent of us are just like, "Wouldn't it be great if this lasted till tomorrow morning?" Uh, yeah, Columbus defenseman Seth Jones set a new NHL playoff record for ice time. 65 minutes, 6 seconds. Um, Despite uh, this achievement, his team lost, and he had a very typical passive-aggressive hockey player reaction to playing the longest game of his life. Quote, The officiating was, to me, kind of (laughs) suspect. Oof. Hard words. 73 minutes. So (laughs) that's, that's the equivalent of him playing every minute of a hockey game. And then 13 65, more. 65 minutes, 65 oh, excuse minutes. me. Not, not yeah. nearly as bad. Only every minute of a hockey game plus five more. Uh, also, fun fact, every player on each team registered a shot on goal, except for Columbus's Cam Atkinson's, who has to feel like a real fucking hoser. Now, wait, are we including the goalies? <laughs> well, not including the goalies, Joel. <laughs> that they, makes more sense. To be sure. And at one TV timeout in the fourth overtime period... The big screen at the fanless Scotiabank Arena announced that it was time for the seventh inning stretch. (laughs) By the fifth OT, a new message appeared saying, sorry if you had other plans tonight. (laughs) That's funny. I like it. Stanley Cup playoffs, bubble watch update. Stanley Cup playoffs, bubble watch update. Brought to you by... Coors Light, you're paying for the bubbles because there's not much else. News, news, news on the Sports, Sports, Sports Podcast with Jordan, Joel, and Phil. News, news, news. College football update watch death watch. 
College football update. Watch Death Watch. Brought to you by Samson's Funeral Home. Hey, are you, do you have a loved one on a death watch? C- call us later. Big Ten and Pac-12 postpone football until spring 2021. Oof. Subheadline: It's pronounced Fall 2021. Ah, <laughs> oh, I see. This past week, the Big Ten and Pac-12 have both postponed and in all reality, likely canceled all of their fall sports, including their meal ticket, football. Uh, what seems to have been the move the needle to finally shutting it down was a report about myocarditis. It's a condition that causes inflammation in the heart muscle. has been Yikes. possibly linked as a long-term side effect for COVID. Yeah. Oh, no. and, and they've seen it in athletes. And while football writ large has only recently and reluctantly gotten on board with the whole brains are important bandwagon, yeah. Yes. High, high school and collegiate athletics have generally pushed for and been on the vanguard of cardiac health for players. Yeah. Um, as there one was, would hope. As one would hope, yeah. They, they've, the brain they've kind of taken for granted, but basically they've always understood the importance of the heart. Yeah, they're uh, like the Egyptians. <laughs> the ancient Egyptians. Or a Hallmark card. <laughs> but, oh, that's nice. Uh, the, so that was the, that was the very soft-spoken news uh, from conferences medical experts. Uh, there was also presumably very loud lawyers saying, "That's a nice endowment you got there. Be a real shame if something happened to it." Yeah. Uh, both of those things uh, combined uh, to cancel football. Um, that's football, though. Um, football is canceled. Football. <laughs> Ain't nothing that can stop that. Uh, as of now, the Big 12, SEC, and ACC are all pushing full steam ahead. Oh my goodness. The, uh, Ever have the, those moments where you're you're surprised about how unsurprising the thing is? Yeah. Yeah. yeah I, like, I'm not you're, surprised. You're really like, I mean, this is the perception people have. But obviously that stereotype is like way over the top. And the truth is going to be that there's enough, you know, smart people who care about each other who are like one season without football is worth it. Well, it's already a a game that is greatly shortening the lifespan of its players. So why not Uh just tack on a few more years off there? Yep, I guess that's a fair point, Bill. In for a penny, in for a pound. (laughs) Exactly. Uh, the chair of the ACC Medical Advisory Board says it's safe to play. Based at Duke University, that's Durham, North Carolina, Dr. Cameron Wolf said, We believe we can mitigate it down to a level that makes everyone safe. The filters will add an extra layer of protection while not compromising on the smooth flavor consumers demand. <laughs> Yikes. Seemed odd. It actually yeah. Uh, kind of, yeah, it, um... It's almost, kind of, it's almost like he pulled that from previous materials prepared for another another purpose. It really does. You know, and it kind of plays into uh, the ACC Medical Advisory Board's motto, which is uh, Adepto C. Gradum. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's, that's C's get degrees. <laughs> ah, yeah. And I'll tell you what, if I had to guess beforehand, I swear to you, I'd, I'd have thought I'd, ma- I'd be making that joke about the SEC medical board. Right? But no. um, Well, you got to see, like, it's right there in the name. It's the ACC. You know, uh, you're thinking, should I get an A? And they go, no, C, C. 
You know, also, the the SEC Medical Board's motto was in English and actually worked at it as is without the joke. What so, is it? Can't teach speed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. It's a real... Yeah. It, it's a real bummer, guys. The Rust Belt drain brain is real. The South got all the best doctors. Joining us now on the podcast is the man who was recently arrested for living two weeks in a Tampa Bay stadium, Daniel Naja. Hey, Dan, guys. You thank, you for, thank you for having me on the podcast. Hey, oh, it's Daniel. no problem, Dan. You, you can call me by what everybody else calls me, Superfan Dan. <laughs> Okay. Super Fan Dan. Super Fan Dan. Not to well, be hey, confused Super with Jean Claude Van Dam. I don't well, think yeah. we'd make that that mistake. Yeah. Super Fan. I'm the world's number one Rowdies fan. Who else could say they spent more time at the stadium than me? Super <laughs> Fan Dan. Uh. Well, I mean, maybe some of the players, but you have a fair point there. Yeah. Uh. It's just that Dan. I think a lot of people feel like. Your decision to sleep there was not related to being a fan of the Rowdies, but was in fact just you looking for a place to stay, which, you know, and that is not with any judgment, you know, uh, hard times for a lot of people right now. You need a roof over your head. Yeah, mine didn't have anything to do with the coronavirus. (laughs) That's not what I said. It's been hard hard times. That's kind of like saying that... Oh, this this person has a cough. It's hard times for people to and you say it to a cancer patient. I'm homeless. Right. No, but that's that's my point is that, you know, just You've been you homeless for a while, I guess. Yeah, like, no, you know. I wasn't homeless for two glorious weeks. Yeah, don't <laughs> don't feel the need to make up a story for us. Like we don't we understand that you needed a place to stay and you you chose the stadium. I'm no, not no, offering the, any judgment. It, well, well, here's here's the problem with everybody. Here's the problem with the b- mainstream media and the coverage of the story. Okay. No one was using it. <laughs> right. It was. Ev- I was. It was. I was Kevin McAllister from Home Alone. And I, right. I, I, I made the. the I made the audience disappear. <laughs> I think the rowdies. You know, uh, I agree with you. It wasn't in use. There, there's probably other things that they could do with that stadium to, to help out the community. Look, I don't even think of myself as a squatter so much as a groundskeeper. <laughs> well, and, and a super fan, right? And I don't want to lose that. super fan, Dan. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I was there. I was making sure that there was no riffraff coming into the stadium. Okay, Dan, uh, who's your favorite player in the Rowdies? I like them all. They're all very rowdy people. <laughs> oh, see, Joel, that was... That, that. You don't ask a parent no. to pick their favorite child. Yeah, and also, <laughs> as a lawyer, you don't ask a question you don't know the answer to, Joel. Exactly. <laughs> you thought he was, you were walking him into a trap, and you weren't. Exactly. There is no trap here. Look, and all I was doing for the congestion stands when I was eating the food... No one was eating the food anyways. It was going to spoil. Yeah, it, said, it says in the article here that you stole $200 worth of food items. That's that like correct? five large Cokes. Yeah, I was about <laughs> to say, is that is that at concessions prices or wholesale? Because yeah, we're talking whole because if we're talking about wholesale, it's a completely different market value. Yeah. Look, I used to work in marketing before 2008. <laughs> yeah. Hey, if, if Dan here had limited himself, 
to $200 worth of food at stadium prices over the course of two weeks, I I think he needs an, a sucrose drip IV. He's probably starving. I am the I feel, world's I, cheapest groundskeeper. That's like I, I, I feel like calories, we can't have, Jordan. I feel like we can't have it both ways with soccer. We can't make fun of its popularity and then also assume its prices are just as outrageous as we assume for real sports. You know what? I feel that like we're trying to point, have it both Jordan. ways a little oh, here. You know what? You know what? For us super fans, they know <laughs> that they can get that money from us if I had it. Which yeah. I don't. <laughs> Fair enough. So, so you were, but still, I would say very inexpensive groundskeeper. They should get, they should have put me on salary when they realized all the free work they got out of me. I was yeah. making sure the food didn't spoil. I was making sure that no riffraff <laughs> was breaking into the stadium to steal my bindle. You were <laughs> testing, you were testing out all of the merchandise in the store. Yeah, and I, w- I also brought a lot of light. To the current housing crisis. Well, yeah, no, that's, that's we got you. I, I but, like to think of myself as an activist slash superfan slash groundskeeper. Okay. That, that's it, fair, and but, now slash just, podcaster because I've gotten a lot of attention from this, including for this very popular podcast. That's that's true. And we are a very popular pop, podcast. But, but Dan, uh, so is this to say that you used to stand outside the stadium watching people file in and out of Rowdy's games, dreaming of the day that you yourself could, and that this has just now made it possible? Because, again, a lot of people feel like maybe you're just a real opportunist here. Oh, Uh, no. This is the problem. So I would sit outside of the stadium when people were shuffling in and out, and I would say, does anybody have any change? And what I really meant by that was we need societal change about the housing crisis, and I want to change from someone who doesn't have season tickets to someone who's in a luxury box. <laughs> Those are the changes that I want to fight for every day because I'm super and you know, fan Dan. And, 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 and I guess people people didn't pick up on that, huh? They didn't, but I, I did appreciate the change they gave me. Yeah, so your artistic <laughs> statement went over over their heads, Dan, and I understand what that's like. Exactly, exactly. It's a, it was very disappointing. I, I hate I hate to be a real downer on this, because I think we all agree with the message, but also this article states that you, you stole over $1,000 worth of merchandise. Yeah. What is that stealing? <laughs> I didn't, it didn't leave the stadium with me. If you well, try something on at Target, are you stealing it? I guess, yeah. I guess if I'm living at Target, yeah, well, you know what? You got me there, they Dan. You should I act did, as your own never lawyer. I left the stadium. I was just <laughs> trying it on for a few days. You were just trying to figure out which items you would like to purchase as soon as you have the money to be able to afford team merchandise at the stadium store. Now, don't put words in my mouth, Joel. <laughs> <laughs> So I was I I was trying to help you out there. What where was I? Where did I go wrong? I'm I'm, I'm going to try one. Were, was this like a groundskeeper uniform? Was this like if they if they saw you, they would recognize you as someone who's supposed to be there? Exactly. I was in the stadium <laughs> supporting the team that I love, and then as soon as I got busted, they said, "You're stealing that shirt. Take it off." I went, "Okay." It didn't leave the stadium with me. That's pretty good. That's pretty good. You, I didn't, you, how could you steal some? How can a homeless person really steal anything? <laughs> you know, it's still there. 
You know, it's not like is, I brought it into a protected place. It's all out in the open. That is not uh, that is not the way that the American legal system has interpreted it over the years. But. I like to think the American legal system has not been kind to homeless people. No, it uh, is not. And I, that's I true. honestly that's say absolutely true. maybe society would be a better place if we took that approach. That if you were homeless, it wasn't theft anymore. Exactly. I That's think the response think would be that rich people would ensure that there were no homeless people. But, I would you know, certainly hope so. I would certainly yeah. hope so. I agree with you wholeheartedly. So look, I, wanna, I, I ate. <laughs> I just had a little bit of food as payment for groundskeeping. I just stayed at the luxury suite because no one was using it, and I didn't steal merch. I was representing the team I love. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And were they able to put the clothes that you were wearing like right back onto the rack? Oh, if they did, it would not be in great shape. <laughs> I, I gotta i gotta ask dan going forward uh you know after we sort out this legal stuff which assuming you know if you can act as your own lawyer maybe you'll be acquitted but if we after this what do you see for yourself in the future both as uh, dan and as uh timba bay rowdy super fan dan well you know i've noticed that you guys have been doing this podcast remotely and i've spent the last two weeks living in the sports 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 the studio 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 Wait, what? I've been living in the studio, 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 wearing the merch, drinking out of the little beer fridge. What? Oh, Dan, I... Sorry, Jordan. You weren't using it. Jordan, I didn't mean to give you all that crap about drinking the last Oberon last week. Uh, Yeah. I I guess that wasn't you after all, was it? I just, no, and I, you know what, I, I just can't, I'm a little disappointed, Dan, because, you know, you think when someone puts up bail that they won't just go <laughs> live somewhere else and just kind of repeat the same crime. It's this sort of recidivism that, you know, hurts your cause, Dan. Oh, look at Mr. Elite, somebody who's <laughs> judging somebody who literally doesn't have a roof over his head because they're in yeah. an unoccupied space. Well, no, you're Dan, right. actually, at the moment, you do have a roof over your head, and it's our studio. Yeah, thank studio, you. Studio, studio. That's because I'm a super fan. He also makes Super a fair Randy. point that we're not we're not recording there right now. No, we're not. You know so, what? I'm sorry for just coming down so hard on you, Dan. You you stay there as long as you want, buddy. Yeah. I'll keep groundskeeping. And now it's time for another wide world of weird sports. That's what weird sports time. That's what weird sports. Wide world weird sports. What do we got this week? This week's Wild Word Word Sports is Kid Monk Baroni. Oh, is he is he a both a child and a monk? Uh no. Can you do that? I don't think you should give up sex before you really know what it is. Well, is the is the Dalai Lama kind of like a kid monk? I guess with a loose term of the word monk. Yeah. Though so that's really <laughs> For all the, the we love the Dalai Lama that goes on now, there's not a lot of people who talk about the process by which he was selected or the feudal system in which they kept the people of Nepal for hundreds of years. But Well, let's let's <laughs> d- dive into that, Joel. Yeah, wait, no, <laughs> you know no, what? no, this is wide world of sports time. <laughs> yeah. Everybody loves Phil wide makes world a fair sports. point. We might want to stick to the wide world of weird sports instead of the nuances of the China-Tibet situation. But But neither here nor there. Sure. Okay, here we go. The Dalai Lama is the... Ter- no, we're not going to do that. All right, Kid Monk Baroni is a 1952 American film noir sports film. 
directed by Harold D. Schuster. Oh, not the enough old great Harold D. Schuster. Not enough uh, film noir sports films. Yeah, I it's agree. Uh, I think that it's an interesting uh, combo. You know, there's there's a lot of sports genres that I think there's just not nearly enough work in the uh, the sports spaghetti western. Yeah, you know. Oh sure. Why, yep. The good, the bad, and the well maintained uh, playing surface. I just want to point out that Joel was making a little bit of fun of Harold D. Schuster. In the 40s, he was directing like five movies a year. I believe he was like an MGM guy or something. <laughs> yeah. So Sorry, like, yeah. He was pretty prolific for his time. He's one of those guys who his name shows up on a whole lot of those classic posters. Well, wait a second. It was the 40s. Is that prolific for the 40s? I thought there was like there was studio 25 system. people on contract who were just running from set stage to set stage. Oh, yeah. I don't... I don't think he made five movies a year. I think they demanded he make like five yeah. movies a year. Yeah, it was they like, paid next him movie. a couple sandwiches. That was like per week, right? So true. That's what I mean. If you see the extended take from Casablanca, he's like, "I think this is the start of a beautiful friendship." And then there's like a little bit more walking, and then it's cut, and then Laurie and 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 Bogey both just take off sprinting because they they had other movies to be in. Yep, and they got paid okay. Yeah, just a little bit. Yeah. They got paid like they were actual employees doing a job and not <laughs> right, right. artists. Yeah. So true. So true. So it's also known as Young Paul Baroni in the United Kingdom. It features Leonard Nimoy, later Star Trek Spock, as his first lead role in a motion picture. Wait. Is he a boxer? What? Yeah. He is. He Leonard Nimoy played other things than Spock? Oh my god, that's how he got fucked up ears. Right? Yeah, you got the cauliflower here. Uh, so the plot. A disfigured street kid, Leonard Nimoy, has plastic <laughs> surgery. Because no, this, of his ears! This is real. This is real. So oh, a disfigured street laughing. kid played by Leonard Nimoy has plastic surgery and turns pro in boxing after a parish priest played by Richard Rober shows him how to box. Wait. What, what, what does he, is he so ugly that he's unable to box before? Well, he's also, a if you have plastic kid. surgery, of all the sports you might go into, it seems like boxing is the least likely. Yeah, it feels like those, I, so I've not seen this film, but I have to say that, that those two things don't seem to go together well. He got plastic surgery yeah. and then turns into a pro boxer. Like if you get breast implants i don't think you're walking around going hey someone punched me in the tits like jesus joel no. wow a family show. joel come on i know i'm saying that would be absurd just like this is absurd i think it'd be absurd whether or not she had plastic surgery to go around town saying that but yeah well, yeah who does that yeah. otherwise well people well, actually fine, go but become boxers well, right. Well, no one walks around saying "punch me in the face," but some people become boxers. That's fair. That's fair. No, okay. I didn't say it was a perfect metaphor. <laughs> okay, Joel's right. We have to talk about the Dalai Lama. All right. Well, after the surgery, Monk becomes conceited, losing the respect of Angelo and Emily. His manager convinces him to resume fighting to pay his unpaid bills. Hmm. So yeah. Even though his, his very newly pretty face, which is making him conceited, would be in the direct line of fire. 
Well, yeah, I'm sure that there was a little bit of like the, hey, don't be so conceited. You got to keep boxing, even though you're pretty now. Yeah. Uh, During the comeback fight, Monk drops his dirty tactics and his opponent wins by split decision. With money going out due to Monk's new clean tactics, his syndicate plans to recoup their losses by forcing him to return to dirty fighting. <laughs> so wait, I'm sorry, I missed that in the beginning. I didn't realize he was he was, so he started as a dirty fighter. I guess so. They 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 yeah. they really make you play catch up on this Wikipedia page. <laughs> yeah, this is not a good summary. <laughs> yeah, and that makes me realize that I think that he was probably a boxer first and then had the plastic surgery or else this wouldn't make a lot of sense yeah as someone who used to be a professional summary writer which is true uh you know this person has done an extremely poor job yeah true true uh so uh in the next fight after monk's reform father callahan and emily are in the audience for his match against wildcat which Monk loses in TKO in round six, costing the syndicate $20,000. Oh, <gasps> no! Back then, that was like $80 million. Yeah. <laughs> Especially if you consider it in like college tuition terms. Hey-o! Hey-o! Father Callahan congratulates Monk on his new ethics, and Monk and Emily reunite and marry to further... Father Callahan's sports initiative. Wait, really? Yeah, I guess so. Maybe he's like starting like a boys town type thing. Yeah. So many questions. Yeah, I think Uh, I just have to watch the movie because it's like, uh, I didn't know Father Callahan had a sports initiative. Yep. (laughs) Like, I assume that that's what he was teaching kids how to box and he was one of them. Phil, can you watch that this week and come back with it next week? Yeah, maybe we should. Maybe we should all watch Kid Monk Bernie. I don't know how you'd get it. It's a 1952 movie. I like this idea. Uh, maybe, I mean, we might have to pay to rent it, but Amazon Prime has got a whole bunch of stuff. Yeah, it's got to be somewhere, right? You don't just waste movies anymore. You stream them, you know? <laughs> right? Yeah. Someone somewhere has a media library that they, they sold to somebody for, I don't know, you know very, for a pretty small amount. Yeah. That includes the 1952 film, Monk something or other. Kid Monk Baroni. Yeah. Cause, That's the one. Because didn't he have money problems that made him fight? Why is he able to quit fighting at the end? Yeah, he was a street kid. He was a disfigured street kid. Well, maybe right? maybe he made some money from boxing when he was good. Fair, but... And he's putting it back into the community as part of Father Callahan's sports initiative. And again, is he not conceded anymore? Did he just get over it? Or was the TKO, like, his surgery came undone? Because I'll be honest, like, two sentences into the story, I thought this was going to be how it went. That it was like, he, like, gets plastic surgery and changes his identity, but then he has to become a boxer, and then he's in the middle of a fight, and someone's hitting him so hard that, like, the plastic surgery comes undone, and everyone's like, wait a second, that's Kid Monk! Yeah. He owes us money. Now, now he's punch face baroni. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings it on to another wide world of weird sports. Oh, we're even better writers than Abe and Cardell and Dick Conway, who are the writers for this movie. Citizens of Podcast Town, this brings you close to the sports. 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 Podcast. But before we go, we're going to ask Dan Naja 
to uh, give you our contact information. Dan, you're right in the studio. You still in the studio? You, yeah, you can just call me Superfan Dan. Oh, sorry. Superfan yeah. Dan, uh, yeah. if you could, uh, could you uh, read the contact information for our uh, fans? You can find us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. That's twitter.com slash sports the number three podcast. And, well, you know what? what and every, you can find free computers if you just go up to the technical booth. Oh, or you can well, find, uh, no, no, don't do that. Yeah, I can uh, sit on Twitter all day. Is there, is there, is there, do we, is there a security guard at the office that we can call? I'm no, your security guard we sent him home because of COVID. Yeah. You can find us on Facebook. We'll go to facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. That's facebook.com slash sports number three podcast. I feel like a real podcast now. Coming to you live all the way from the sports, sports, sports network studio. Studio, yeah, studio, Dan- Remember, by your own uh, definition, it would be stealing if you left the studio with anything inside of it. I'm not going to take anything. I'm a groundskeeper and a podcaster. <laughs> That's what we want to hear. Thank you. Or you can find us on anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. That's anchor.fm slash sports number three podcast. I hear that all the podcasts there are free, and free is my favorite prize. <laughs> Thank you, Dan. You're welcome. Hey guys. Joel. Joel. You don't think Dan is going to eat my lunch, is he? Bye, Bye Joel. Joel.